Hey everyone, and welcome to the Church at Denver podcast. It's really good to have you here with us. Church at Denver is a body of believers in the heart of Denver, North Carolina, that desires to see what God can do when his church falls in love with the gospel. Our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known through Christ-centered teaching, Christ-exalting worship, Christ-saturated community, and Christ-commanded multiplication. Today's episode comes from our Sunday morning worship gathering. We pray that these episodes inspire you, strengthen you, and give you a vision for what it means to follow Jesus faithfully in our time. To learn more, get connected, or check out what's happening in the life of our church, you can visit us at churchatdenver.org, or you can click the link in the episode's description. Thanks again for listening and for being a part of our online family. All right, let's get back to the podcast. With the time that we have left today, I wanted to just share a couple passages of Scripture with you today as we think about baptism, when we think about our life that is being lived uh, for Jesus Christ. And in that journey, one of the things that's been, I've seen so much in so many people uh, is really just this understanding of life and how we love to identify ourselves with the death of Jesus. We love to understand and we love to know and to see and understand that, that we love for our sins to be paid for. We love for our sins uh, to be washed away. But for us, too often times, we look to see that it stops there for many of us. When we live our life and we walk out our faith in, in the Lord, we oftentimes get, celebrate so much in the forgiveness of our sins but we don't ever look to walk in the newness of life. And so because my iPad is not working, uh, if you could throw this up on the screen. So in Colossians chapter one, it says this. It says, in him also, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside and he nailed it to the cross. Now, church, when you think about what he's talking about here, when it talks about the circumcision, for the Jewish people, no matter how perfectly they lived out the law, if they were not circumcised, they failed. So the circumcision he's talking about, you think about for us, that we could live and do all the works that we can do. We could try to live as good as we can in hopes that at the end of the day, when we stand before God, our merit will win the day. But we've never, been, we've never been circumcised. We've never been transformed. And he's talking about the life of Jesus Christ, the circumcision of Christ that comes and that brings new life into us, that transforms us. And that circumcision that comes, it's a new heart, it's a new life that comes by faith in the powerful working of God. Not in your works, not in what you do, not in what you've accomplished. 
Everything that we do is by faith in the powerful work of Jesus Christ. And in trusting and knowing that those that have come through the waters of baptism today, and maybe you've done that in your past, or maybe you were here today and you need to hear the gospel for the first time to understand that, yes, man, we're sinners separated from a holy God. But God loves us. God desired for us to be in relationship with him. And God sent Jesus to die in our place, to take upon our sin, to wash away our sins so that we could walk in the forgiveness of our sins. But not only to be forgiven, but for the debt to be paid and to be canceled. He not only forgives us our, our sins, he forgets our sins, church. And then for us, how do we respond? So if you'll flip it to the next verse. Because for many, we think, okay, well, I've just been forgiven of my sin. I've been baptized. I profess Christ as my Lord and Savior. I got my get out of hell free card. Man, I'm good for my life. But in Romans chapter six, Paul says this, a rhetorical question, which would give us an understanding that this was something that people were struggling with in their life, where he says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Meaning, so you've professed Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, how are you living your life based upon coming out of the waters of baptism, out of the testimony that's been given to you? How are you to live? Are you to continue to go on in your own ways, in your own desires, in your own interests, fulfilling the desires of your flesh? He says, by no means. How can we who died to sin live in it? So when you think about we've been buried with Christ from baptism, when we've been buried with Christ, we died with Christ. Our sin died with Jesus. Our past died with him. And when we are raised to new life, what we left behind is dead and gone. But why would we wanna to continue to try to bring it back up? Why would we do that? He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So there's a Hebrew word called halak. And I'm sure there's a better guttural to that than my redneck language that I've got, halak. But in Jewish literature, there, there was called halakha. And it was Jewish literature that was talking about how are you to live out your life? And so here in Romans chapter six, he's saying that because you've given your life to Jesus Christ, because God's transformed who you are, he's saying, now it's time to live. It's not over. For these individuals who've just given their lives to Christ, who've been baptized, the journey's just beginning. The life that is to come is what's to take place thereafter. And for us today, those who have walked through baptism, who have professed Christ as our Lord, are we truly walking in the newness of life? And if we are, what does that look like? If you flip the slide, I think about Colossians 2. This was my, one of my daughter's favorite verses uh, as she was growing up. But it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, what does he say to do? So walk in him, right? Live out the faith that you proclaim. And how do we do that? We do that being rooted and built up with him, established in the faith, standing strong on our own two feet. And we do all this in faith, 
so that just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. And I think about for us, when we walk in the newness of life, church, what are you being rooted in? Because you can very easily grow roots into the most toxic parts of the soil. And you wonder why the, the plant that you're creating, you wonder why the outer shell is rotting away or it's struggling, it's seeking nutrients and it's not getting it. It's because your roots are not going into Christ. They're going into the things of this world. Or you're being built up, as it talks about in the Gospels, in the sand, you're being built up on a foundation that's not the rock of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to be established in the faith, standing on your own two feet. But every time a bad circumstance happens in your life, you get knocked over and you struggle and you worry and you're anxious. You're not walking in newness of life. You're stressed. You're anxious. You're hurt. Life's hard. You're, you're angry. You're bitter. All of these things, when you think about when you've received Christ, when you're rooted in the gospel, when you're built on the gospel, when you're standing on the gospel church. And how is all that accomplished? By what you do? No, it's by your faith. It's by your belief in the life, death, death and resurrection of Jesus. And this comes by how you're taught. But how we share the gospel, how we live out the gospel, how we model the gospel for people to see. And it's taught in what happens when we truly, you heard testimonies today, when the gospel became real, they were abounding in thanksgiving of the transformation that took place in their life. Flip it to the next slide. I think about in Galatians chapter two, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. We've talked about that. We've been dead, we were dead with Jesus. And it's no longer I who live. What an incredible statement to make that when you think about giving your life over to Jesus, for many of us, we give our life to Jesus so that he'll make our life better. You've been there? Maybe my life's a train wreck. Maybe I'll try Jesus and see if he can fix what I need. Church, that's not the gospel. The gospel is bringing transformation to your life so that it's not about your life so that it's about the life of Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says. But he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Living by faith, Christ dwelling in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are living for him. And what is our motivation to do that? Is it to try to please a God who seeks praise? Is it to try to, to make him happy? No, we do this because of what he's done for us, church. He proved your worth when he sent Jesus. He proved his love for you. He proved that you matter at the cross of Calvary. The life that we live for Jesus is not in hopes that he might be pleased with us. He is perfectly pleased with you and me because when he looks to you, he sees Jesus, the shed blood that washed away your sin. And we're to live for him. Now I'm gonna share a quote with you that if you're an old school Baptist, this is gonna step on your toes. You know what I'm saying? This hurt my feelings. But this is from Oswald Chambers, if you would flip the slide. A, a beautiful devotion I love so much. 
that I read about every day. And it's one of those devotions that I have to read it. And then I have to read it again to, to know exactly what I just read. And then I need to digest it and read it again around lunchtime because I'm still not sure I got it the first two times and then so on and so forth. But this was said, a quote from him today. Church, he says, as long as you maintain your own personal interests and ambitions, you cannot be completely aligned or identified with God's interests. This can only be accomplished by giving up all of your personal plans once and for all and by allowing God to take you directly into his purpose for the world. I don't like that. Because I have some pretty good purposes. I have some pretty good personal interests that, that I want to accomplish. And what's he saying? Is he saying that you can no longer pursue your interests? Guys, you can no longer pursue football. You can no longer pursue a career in the NFL. Those things, you can't do that anymore. That's not what he's saying. But what he's challenging us with is that when I now live a life in Christ and I'm living for him, that if that doesn't work out, it's okay. That if I'm living my life and I'm chasing after Christ and he wants to align my desires and his desires, that's wonderful. But if something happens in my life that's not what I desired or not what I wanted, I trust that God is good. I trust that what God wants is best. I think about Stephanie that we prayed for today. There's no way in this world that what's going on in her life right now, she says is a part of her personal interest or her ambitions for the future. Not even a little bit, but she's trusting God. And she's putting aside her desires for his, trusting his plan for her life. It's not that we abandon all desires of life and how to achieve success and to move forward. But church, until we surrender all things and are willing for God to rule and to reign in our life, we are going to continue to be rooted and built up and established in the wrong things. And so what I wanna leave you with here today, something very simple, if you could change it to the next slide. It's a verse in Proverbs. There's just two things that we're called to do. And he says here, he says, my son, he says, give me your heart. And he says, let your eyes observe my ways. So first and foremost, what God's asking of us, church, he's asking us to give him our heart. And that's not just to say to give him our affections, to give him our emotions, to, to give him, the heart is everything. It's all of yourself. It's all of your being, giving God everything fully surrendering your life to him, knowing that King Jesus came to live, to die, was buried and was resurrected so that you can have eternal life. And his response is not action, it's sacrifice. It's the giving of your heart over to the Lord and saying, God, do with my life as you will. Because I don't know about you, but I've been trying to do my life for a long time and I'm frustrated with me. I think it's time that I let God have the driver's seat. And I trust him to lead my life. I trust him to guide my ways. And I trust that when he doesn't give me the desires of my heart, he has something better. I'm gonna be fully surrendered to him and I'm giving him my heart. 
But he also says, to let your eyes observe my ways. But what I love about that word for observe, it means delight. For many people, we follow the Lord and follow his commands as a duty, as actions that we have to do in hopes that will please God. But do you really delight in the ways of the Lord? Do you truly believe and understand that the ways of God are truly better for you in your life? When we give him our whole heart, church, and we begin to lay down the desires that we have for life and trust his ways are being better. And we begin to see him work. We begin to see him move. We're gonna delight in his ways. But the longer that we wrestle with him for who is gonna be Lord of our life, the greater the struggle will be. In church, I'm telling you, the freedom in Christ to live surrendered to him surpasses everything. It changes everything. And it makes life so much sweeter. And that's what I want. And I pray that for you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for today. And God, I just, I thank you for the testimonies of today. And I thank you, Lord, for the testimonies that are to come. God, I just pray this morning is that we've been able to celebrate you through the baptism and the testimonies of those who have given their lives to you. Father, I know there are people in this room today who they recognize and understand that they are not in relationship with you, that their sin has separated them from a holy God. But today they understand that Jesus Christ came to take upon their sin, died in their place and was resurrected so that by faith, when we put our faith and trust in his works, that we can have eternal life. And I pray that your spirit would pierce hearts today with that truth and to call them to respond for salvation. And I pray for those of us who have, God, I pray that we would truly understand what it means to walk in the newness of life, living a life that is fully devoted and surrendered to Christ, living a life that is about being a witness, that is about making disciples, that is about loving people well and being available for those in need. Father, we pray that through this journey and through this time, that God, you will be glorified through your church as we all gather and take ownership of this gospel, this truth in our own personal lives and collectively as one go out into our community to be the gospel for those who are far from you. And I pray, Father, that you will move and you will work in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We want to thank you for joining us today for another episode of our podcast. We consider it a privilege and an honor to share the truths of God's word with you every single week. If you were touched by today's episode, please consider sharing it with someone who needs to hear this message. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen so that you never miss an episode. You can click the link in the episode's description to visit our website at churchatdenver.org where you'll find additional resources, event updates, and ways to get involved in our community. Thank you for being a part of our online church family. We love you and we're praying for you. Have a great week.